is Awakened Path Radio, giving you the tools to guide you on your spiritual or metaphysical journey. I'm your host, Dr. Candace Nadine Green. Welcome to Thought Thursday here on Awakened Path Radio. As always, you can visit www.awakenedpathonline.com. Again, that's www.awakenedpathonline.com. Today on our show, we welcome back Isha Shayel, who is a, an author and an energy specialist. Welcome back to the show, Isha. Hi, Candice. How are you? It's nice Hi. to be with you and your listeners. It's so great to have you back on the show. Now, last time you were on our show, we mentioned that you, you know, we mentioned that you were an author, as we did in today's introduction. So tell us about the, your latest book. The book is titled, Life Gave Me Lemons and I Made Champagne. Wow. And it's basically about the experiences I had during the first 20-some years of my life. I have experienced extreme forms of abuse. Mm. And as I went through the healing process of that, it became apparent to me that there was good reason for me to write a book. So I have unabashedly shared with my readers details about what I experienced and I've gone through the process of explaining step-by-step, step, basically, how I went through that healing process. Hmm. Now, in your, in your bio, there is mentioned that you use the power of intention in your work. So what is the power of intention, and how do you use this to help others? To me, intention means... It, setting the mind or the heart or the will to do something. And since everything is energy, our intentions are a form of energy. They're like thoughts and beliefs and words. And the structure of our life actually is an intention. We are here as source energy in physical form. And that is power. So if we decide we're going to do something, setting an intention can bring forward the power of source within us to help bring that intention into manifestation. So how that works for me is understanding that Setting an intention is like laying down a riverbed. You know how water flows through a riverbed. Well, setting an intention is like creating a riverbed for energy to flow through. So if I set my intention, I'm actually laying down a path and directing the energy in the way I want it go. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. <clears throat> and this get, puts power back in the hand of us, put in, in, in the hand of the individuals. So how much power do we really have? You know, how, how do you, what, what do you think individuals, a lot of us think that, some of us think that the power is outside of ourselves, um, which, you know, has, we talk about all the time is not really the case. 
So how much power do you think that we as individuals have in our own lives and our own destiny? Well, personally, from what I've experienced, I think the power is actually within and without. I think that we are actually source energy in a manifested physical form, although it appears to be solid, it is all just energy, and that energy is actually held in what I perceive to be the mind of infinite intelligence. So we are power within and power without, and it's my perception that we as individuals have free will to use that power the way we choose because I can set my intention and choose to find a parking space right by the store door. That's my intent and I will. And when I set that intention, then that puts the power of source behind the intention and it becomes manifest. I've also learned it's very important to be careful about the wording we choose when we set intention Mm -hmm. and having our thoughts and our beliefs and our words all aligned in what we are intending, that is to me where we are powerful. But I also believe that source within us is maybe giving us nudges, guidance on where to go, what to do, how to do, and then it's our own choice as to whether or not to follow through on that. Now, you mentioned uh, be careful of our words. What do you mean? Like, can you give us an example of how a person would be saying the, something that's, you know, that they shouldn't be saying when they're setting an intention? Yes. To me, wording is important because words carry power. And if we use negative words, we're putting out a negative intent. Like, for instance, if I say... I'm setting my intention that I'm not going to suffer any longer. (laughs) I'm just actually bringing more of that suffering energy forward. So rather than state it that way, turn it around and say, I'm choosing to experience excellent health at every moment. That's interesting. I heard once that I heard... uh Someone somewhere had told me about using negatives when you're trying to manifest and how they can actually be hurt. They could, they could hurt us once we use them and um, may not help us manifest it at all. And that we should say what we want, not what we don't want. Yes, exactly. Now, given this, um, do we, especially when we have set intentions to manifest things, do we have complete control over everything that happens to us? In your opinion? In my opinion, yes, I think that we do, although it may not appear that way. And we may say, well, I didn't program that. I didn't plan that. I didn't manifest that. I didn't want that. I don't benefit from that. At some level, we may be benefiting from it. And For example, in December, <laughs> I went through a parking lot toward the store door I didn't realize it was black ice. I thought it was water. I slipped and went down really hard on my side. And although that was very painful and I still have some residual discomfort, what happened was within a few days, an old belief that I didn't even know was in my subconscious mind came to the surface. Mm -hmm. So uh, although that wasn't something I 
planned and certainly not something I wanted to experience, there was a benefit to it in the long run. And something else, while we're talking about the power and intention, here's something else I've learned. When we say, I am, we are bringing all of source energy to bear on the following words we speak. So if we say, I am planning to be healthy and strong, we are really bringing forth power to put that into place because we are the I am presence in physical form. So we don't, we don't real, that's something uh, to be very mindful of because we use I am so much. (laughs) Yes, it's so easy. At the end of the day, we say, I am tired and (laughs) Yeah. That really isn't what we intend to experience, and yet that's it's so easy for the egoic mind to kick in there. Sometimes I have trouble sleeping, so I should say, I am sleepy, and maybe <laughs> because that, that that would be really great. Because I sometimes I have a, I have problems getting to sleep because my mind is so wired. A lot, so I do a lot of things, and that I, I'm going to try that actually tonight, and and I bet it will work. I I, I know it'll work, so I'm going to try that. <laughs> Well, I'll be eager to hear how, <laughs> eager yeah. to hear how that turns out. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I need some sleep. <laughs> now, now, if our thoughts create our reality, do you think those thoughts come from the divine, um, the divine love that we all that we all are? I think that our thoughts are a combination of divine love, which is at the root of everything, as I believe and perceive. But I also think that our egoic mind, which is where we have the free will, I believe our egoic mind can create thoughts that are out of alignment with source energy, the God, goddess within us. And it's up to us then as enlightened beings to correct the egoic mind and show it different ways of perceiving life and behaving and speaking. Hmm. Now, what part does uh, ego uh, ego play in um, in regards to uh, our divine love? I'm not phrasing this question correctly. All right. What, What does ego play in in, in regards to ourselves, in regards to intent and manifestation and divine love. That's a lot, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It could be said that ego is just another form of divine intelligence experiencing mm. itself because everything is incident intelligence and everything is that intelligence having experience we as human beings i am asia and i am giving source god goddess whatever you want to call that power i'm giving my experience as a human being to that overall overarching intelligence so whatever my ego is perceiving is could be maybe considered a gift also to source does that make sense yes it does Yes, it does. Now, do you think that we're here uh, in, in the flesh and incarnate to uh, give infinite intelligence and expansion through a deviation from love? 
I think that's possible, and I know there are many trains of thought about that, and I've thought about that myself a lot. If we are divine love, Mm. why is it that there is poverty, starvation, abuse? Why are those things Mm. present here? Because all of us are the divine spark. Mm. So is it possible? I think I read someplace years and years ago that infinite intelligence didn't know what it actually was. And so human beings came into form to give that intelligence an expanded experience and view of itself as if a fly were on a wall in a room and there was nothing else in the room. The fly would not know how to experience itself because there was nothing else to compare to. So there's that train of thought about we are here giving source a different experience. But on the other hand, I perceive that there are those of us who are working on the other end of the scale, working to bring us back into the alignment of love, because to me, love is all there is. If you look at nature, there's that's just absolute love, and nature is continuously renewing itself as love. So I think maybe as human beings, we just kind of got off track with our egos, and right. that's where the negative things come in. Now, you've called yourself an evolution advancer. <laughs> what do you mean by this? I perceive that I came here maybe for several reasons, mm. and I believe that I've had probably numerous past, li- <laughs> past mm. lives which have led to this one. I came, first of all, to heal my family of origin. There was ritual abuse as well as other forms of abuse in that family. It was on my dad's side, went back generations and generations. When I came into that family, I was experiencing that same thing. But at age 16, I stood up to all of those family members, abusers, cult members, everybody, and I said, I am not doing this anymore because it was so painful for me to be doing what was required in those rituals. I thought that they would kill me, and instead, the cult fell apart, and all of the ritual abuse stopped. So I really perceived for that, I came into that family to end that because it isn't just the ritual abuse that stopped. It was all of the other forms of abuse that have been healed and transfigured as a result of my 16-year-old self taking a stand. So that was part of the healing that evolves my family of origin. It changed forever the frequency, the signature, energy signature of that family so that it's ended. That's ended. That was another reason I wrote the book was to get the family secrets exposed and hold that new energy signature in place. And then as I've done this healing work, every time I heal something within me, I'm opening up a portal of expansion. And when I heal, everyone else who is open to healing can come into that energy space and they can do healing in their own life. It may not be for the same form of abuse or whatever it is that I'm working on. Their experience may be different, but at the core, our wounding is usually spiritual, mental, emotional, and that's where we actually need to do 
the healing work because if we don't do it in the outer layers of the energy field, it will work its way into the physical body. And once it's there, it is stuck. There's no place else for it to go, which is why there are so many, many drugs on the market to numb people out from their pain. I'm here to evolve us, to help advance us as human beings and inspire people, help them understand it doesn't matter what your life experience has been. You need not suffer. You can heal anything. My life is living proof of that. Hmm. Now, what do you see as a major, major hindrance for our own progression to spiritual or metaphysical awakening? I guess there are numerous things, but one of the things I perceive is that people are unwilling to take responsibility for their own well-being mm -hmm. rather than do the deep emotional work and bring that wounding from the emotional, mental, spiritual aspects of their lives into their consciousness. They take drugs, like I've just yeah. mentioned, they take drugs and numb out the pain. Yeah. And that's not taking responsibility, I don't think, for right. one's health and well-being. It's not a fun way to live. I know I had migraine headaches and irritable bowel syndrome, all kinds of back pain. And I know what it's like to experience that. Mm -hmm. I also know what it's like to be free from that. Right. right. You know, um, a lot of people who have, you know, suffered great trauma, a lot of, a lot of people who suffered uh, trauma, sometimes don't, don't try to heal. They think that by taking something, putting something in their body, that it would mask, it would mask the pain and, and they can function to some degree. But when whatever it is wears off, that they put it, whatever it is they put in their body wears off, the, the issue is right there again in their faces. So they're not being able, they're not dealing with it. They just numb it, numb it, numb it, and you can only numb it so long. So, you know, a, a lot of that helps, you know, a lot of uh, booze and drugs and things like that definitely hinders people from, from continuing to, to walk on their spiritual path to heal as well. So it's very, it's something that a lot of, that a lot of people need to realize. Now, yes. now lastly, since we're coming to the end of our show, is there anything else that you'd like to, uh, last message that you would like to leave with us today? Just that anything is possible and everything is easy if we really believe that <laughs> and set our intention for that. <laughs> We're the ones who make it difficult by adding extra stuff onto it, that's for sure. That's true. Yes, we do. We tend to think things are hard. I think we're raised in a society that teaches us that life is hard. Yeah. I was raised in a church where it was like, oh, we're here suffering as human beings. We can't wait to die to get back to right. another place. Right. <laughs> right. Which doesn't make a lot of Maybe sense. And it doesn't... <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, which defeats the whole purpose of our life right. experience here. You know, right. we should be here having fun. <sighs> right. It doesn't even talk about the journey we're supposed to be doing, that we're, we're making here. I mean, goodness gracious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yes. Now, how might our listeners contact you to learn more about uh, what you do and your book, etc.? They can log right onto my website, which is my name. It's A 
I-S-H-A-S-H-A-E-L.com. Aishashael.com. Excellent. Well, Aisha, it was very good having you on the show again. I loved talking with you and sharing with you today. Well, thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be with you all. Thank you so much, and keep doing the good work that you're doing. Thank you. I will. I do, too. Thank you. joining us on Awakened Path Radio. Please check us out at www.awakenedpathonline.com. I'm your host, Dr. Candice Nadine Breen, and you are listening to Awakened Path Radio, giving you tools to guide you on your spiritual or metaphysical journey. Namaste and blessed day.